happy Valentine's Day, shippers. We had so much fun with our end of season uh, Valentine's Day battle last year that we are bringing it back with guests from two of our favorite podcasts to work with. Who will win the ultimate ship down? Listen to find out. Hey, shippers. I'm Steph. And I'm Devin. And welcome to the We Ship It podcast, Valentine's Day style. That's right. This year, we are ending our season with another Valentine's Day showdown. We have invited two of our favorite podcasts on for a battle of the pods. Welcome, the Book Was Better podcast and Kiwi and the Bird. Um, We've had both of these awesome podcasters on before, even this season alone. And we are so excited to battle it out for whose ships are better and whose are worse. (laughs) This season, we had the book was better as Kaylee and Taylor join us for two different ships, actually. I think was Perkabeth this season. Yes. I don't remember. Okay. Perkabeth and for Persuasion too, which was really, really fun. And then we joined Mm -hmm. them on their podcast for that. So that was a ton of fun. Welcome to the show, ladies. Thank you. Did we talk now? I don't know. You can say (laughs) (laughs) Welcome. Yes. And everyone listening, go check out their podcast where they compare books to their movie adaptations. And more often than not, and you guys have to let me know if this is true, find the book to have been better. Is it more often than not that the book is better, in fact? Oh, yeah. Like 99% of the time. (laughs) Yep. So I thought. So I thought (laughs) shouldn't be be surprising. (laughs) And um, here they are. The hosts, Taylor, the bird, Michelle and Kiwi and Kimi, Kiwi Akamura. Wow. I really butchered this up for you guys. (laughs) Um, They introduced our intros. We're like, but here they introduce readers to a myriad of YA books. Um, their reviews are filled with humor and sound effects and existential crises um, because like a library at keeping the bird shh, happens. Um, <laughs> I still love that every time <laughs> we had these two on for our Spider-Man opener uh, for season four. And it was a blast and we're excited to have them back. So check out their podcast. Say hi, ladies. Howdy. I don't know why I went with howdy, but <laughs> howdy, <yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> we're really excited to just like roast everyone's favorite couples. Yeah. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Awesome. And with that, let's talk ships. So today we've asked both pods to pick their favorite and least favorite ships from this season so we can battle out the best and worst ships of season four. So what are our choices here, Dev? <laughs> well, we at We Ship It Podcast, um, we decided upon Kate and Anthony from Bridgerton as our favorite. This was a difficult choice. We was. had to fight it out for it, but true. I agree. <laughs> and then our least favorite was Tom and Summer from 500 Days of Summer. Kiwi and the Bird, on the other hand, are choosing Kaz and Inej when they mention this. I commented in, we had a group chat and I was like, you guys brought a gun to I'm really a knife sad fight. that you took them from me. No, I'm just kidding. I was sold that this was going to be Steph's pick. So you guys are. Um, I won't be mad about it. <laughs> um, regardless. <laughs> what was that? You might be sabotaged us for you times throughout the episode because of they're, it. Just my, <laughs> they're just Mike. They're just Mike. But obviously, you guys are aware that Kaz and Ezra from Six of Crows and their least favorite are Kath and Levi from Fangirl. I'm grumpy um, about that one, too. <laughs> <laughs> 
The book was better comes in with a favorite of Cece and Schmidt from New Girl. That was another one where we had to we had to compromise. I said we've already done two episodes with you guys talking Perkabeth. Perkabeth, there's no need to talk more. Can't do it again. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Um, and least favorite is. Bella and Edward. I'm throwing hands on this one. I can't. Somebody had to choose a Twilight ship as a least favorite. Come on. <laughs> I'm, I'm ready to do it. I, I knew in the back of my mind that you guys um, were aiming to choose one of them. As here. As here. <laughs> um, so let's see whose ships sail and whose sink. All right. Battleships, everybody. Yes, Devin, do you want to read the first question? Yeah, I'll start us (laughs) off. (laughs) So why did you choose your couple of the season? Why did what makes them the top of the top? The cream of the crop. The book was better. Um, so Cece and Schmidt, which is a fun one because this one, obviously on our podcast, we only talk about books and movie adaptations or TV shows. So it's really fun to talk about one that doesn't have a book. <laughs> so otherwise we'd never yeah, be it's, able to It's a couple and it's a it. show that we would never get to talk about regularly. So <laughs> Love it. That's but they're also so good. And just like, obviously new girl has a lot of ships. Like there's a lot of couples, a lot of different iterations of couples in that show. It's a lot of seasons, a lot of different people to keep track of. But I will say that Cece and Schmidt, from like the beginning of the show, you're rooting for them. Like yeah. they just have that spark. And then you watch their relationship, like go through all these different stages. And I feel like it's one of the most complete relationships that you get to see in modern media. And then I just love that. I, I like that they're such different individuals that make such a perfectly complete couple. Um, they have very separate interests, uh, career paths, backgrounds, life choices, right? Like very, very different, but they're both super supportive of each other, super supportive of their friends. And they love each other through some really challenging, difficult scenarios, Right through there's unfaithfulness there's insecurities there's you know breaking up because i think i'm not good enough there's breaking up because they don't want to hurt other people's feelings right there's just so many things that they're able to overcome and the shit the, the show ends with them still happily together and their parents and they make it work and adjust their lives accordingly um i mean i love fantasy and i love getting into these you know romantic couples that are in scenarios that are really when you look at it not relatable at all (laughs) um and so it's kind of nice to have a couple that we love and that we can root for and is still entertaining to watch but that has to overcome real life problems oh absolutely totally fair and i will say like i just love schmidt i love schmidt's (laughs) like devotion to this woman (laughs) it's a little creepy at times but i do love it most of the time he's a committed man when he's very committed (laughs) needs to be yep (laughs) kiwi would you like to start sure uh well 
Taz and Inej, the thing about them is that throughout the duology of Six of Crows, they have this insane chemistry that exists without like the physicality of a relationship, right? Like they literally cannot touch each other without like, or at least one of them literally can't touch the other <laughs> without being physically sick. And I feel like a lot like the trend in books nowadays has been um, more of like the steamier scenes. Like it's very, it's a very physical relationship. And so, so to have like the opposite of that and to have Kaz and Inej and just like, the fact that they've known each other for so long and like have to work with each other and, you know, Kaz against all of his wishes um, starts to care for Inej and her kind of in the same boat and just them kind of figuring it out, but like not being able to touch and like almost having a forbiddenness to it just like makes it so good. Well, and also too, in a battle, who better to have in your corner than Kaz Brecker? I'm like, oh my gosh. I know. So true. Dang it. <laughs> But they really do have such an emotional intimacy that I feel like we don't see very often in books and in shows. And so I feel like they're so powerful. They're so legendary. I feel like they will live on kind of forever. I think people will really love their relationship for as long as like as as long as the story exists and even longer than that. So they're just iconic in my mind. Oh, I just in love with Kaz Brecker, man. (laughs) I am so upset. No, but it's true. They're very passionate. Um, And speaking of passion, Devin and my pick for the show today is Kate and Anthony. Um, So, Devin, I don't know if you want to start us off. Um, They just. It's all the little (laughs) the little things with these two, like they have so much tension between them that it just gets to you and it brings you in and i am um they have great passion Mm -hmm. uh they have like what they um taylor and kimi were saying like they are more their passion is more on the physical nature but even so they don't even have to really be they can just be staring at each other and it's so good yeah <laughs> so devin's good. a real big fan of the slow burn yeah. and kate and anthony from bridgerton are the example of the slow burn it really i think is. truly bridgerton does an amazing job of creating tense passionate moments obviously um but these two are the definition of passion and i love watching the struggle of anthony trying to avoid his feelings and then eventually just being so (laughs) overcome by them that he he can't deal with it like i i love it and i would say you're talking show show yes anthony yes we haven't we have not read the books so anyone who's listening that is a that is a thing we need to say right now (laughs) is devin and i have not read the books so kaylee you let us know if there is a difference (laughs) (laughs) but so (laughs) oh yeah well so show show anthony and show kate her name is Kate, right? Why did I forget <laughs> yes. that for a moment? Oh my God. I would say that their passion gives Kaz and Inej a run for their money. Ooh. And I am just, <laughs> I'm going to leave that right there. <laughs> but I also think that the hype between like the hype of Bridgerton, it, it's real. Like people actually like, it's not just like talked about and like, oh yeah, I watched. It, it was fine. No, it's like you watch it and you're just sucked in. Um, Can't stop. It's one of those. So 
Ah, that's why we chose this one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. So moving on, let's talk about love. So what characteristics do you see in your favorite couple that makes it such a great romance? Book was better. I mean, where do you start? <laughs> um, perseverance is a big one. <laughs> True. Um, and I think the main one that I would say for Schmidt and Cece is overcoming and like overlooking flaws and seeing the good in the other person, even when they can't see it in themselves. Definitely. Um, Cause like they both go through throughout the show's seasons, they go through like some tough times as we kind of mentioned before, they have some, like really good character moments and some really bad character moments like when schmidt is a schmidt has such idiot. an amazing redemption arc oh and, yes like character growth from that first season first episode the douche jar like he goes down before he yes. comes back up and then <laughs> grows even more than where he started from but but Did it definitely lose? is oh. a seeing like the that a person can have and believing that they can reach that potential and seeing them through the hard times until that point. Definitely. Kiwi? I think my favorite part about Kazan and Nej is the fact that in the books, there are these tiny, tiny little moments where it's like maybe a sentence or two where it's just Kazan and Nej like speaking without words they just look at each other and they just know what to do right like there's this one scene um where i believe they're on like the snowy mountain and like they're fighting against gracia and all nanej has to do is just like signal towards kaz and he just like knows what to do and she just like goes like does her thing gracefully as always of course it's a nej but it's just that it's the fact of course Yeah, I think a great characteristic of love is just, I mean, of course, you always want loyalty. And like you guys said, perseverance, you know, dedication, devotion, willing to willing to love someone's flaws as well. But I also what I really love and love is just awareness. It's just having that observation and perception of that person where you look out for them and you know them, you understand them and you're willing to be with them and all of them, not just parts of them, but you're aware of every single aspect of who they are and you love and accept that and you appreciate that about them. Even mm-hmm. when sometimes the flaws are complicated or other things get in the way, you really do, you're you're committed to that person as a whole. Yeah. <clears throat> I think when it comes to Kate and Anthony, like we really only get to see their relationship forming. So I could talk about the passion again, but I think what's a better sign that their relationship is more of one that will last long and be healthy and good um, is something that Devin, you noted here. So I'm sorry if I'm taking this from you, but um, (laughs) we do see them face their fears together. The whole thing with the bee, the anxiety attack that he has, she's able to walk him through that. Um, These are just things instead of like judging him in that moment, she, she kind of walked with him in it. And I think we see that with him to her as well. Like she, she has to deal with a lot of things that she's struggled with in the past. And I just think, yeah, the two of them have a great passion, like we mentioned, but the characteristics mm-hmm. that I see that are more of like a, <clears throat> this is a long standing and will be healthy Long-term. relationship. Yeah. 
is the fact that they're able to work through those things together. So that's really the characteristic I think I like the most about them. I mean, heck yeah, they're passionate, but mostly it's those really intimate moments between them where they, um, they work together and they're like, they just help each other get through their struggles. And I like that. Yeah. I, I also like that they discover love together. Um, they discover what it means to love. And also they discover how to seek out their own love for themselves together. They realize that they matter and what they want also matters. So they need to appreciate their own wants, their own needs in a sense as well. Um, and they, they see them, we see them accept their past and build a future together. Um, these two they were pushed into situations that they had to prepare themselves for. Um, they had to be the leading person in their families and try and grow up faster than they should have. And we see them have to accept their past and also move on from that. And um, all the confusion and chaos that goes along with life in general that they're, that they're faced with. Um, I mean, there's times in the, in the series where um, his family just despises him for the choices that he's making. He's like, I'm doing this for the family and they don't realize it. And you're, Anthony. you're the only, <laughs> and you're the only one that like, I'm, 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 I'm doing these. I, I want to do this for you, but I have to do this for my family. And so there's all this conflict that they're trying to work through together and they eventually do come out on the other end um, stronger. So that's why some characteristics that I feel like it's necessary to uh, acknowledge their strengths in um, the long lasting nature of their relationship. Yep. Cool. Sweet. So let's move on to our least favorites. Um, what are some <laughs> of our be least... mad about this? One. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead. What sorry. are some of our least favorite characteristics of your least favorite couple of the season that make it a not so great romance. Oh, <laughs> I listen. Mean. <laughs> I was obsessed with Twilight when it came out. Okay. She has little, to preface it with that. <laughs> little 13, 14 year old me was all about Bella and Edward. Okay. Mm -hmm. But looking at it from an adult perspective, from a mature perspective, from an understanding <laughs> what real love is <laughs> and how it grows. <laughs> um, Bella and Edward's relationship is so toxic. <laughs> so I knew that word was going to be thrown around. <laughs> it's so bad. If your life revolves around a boy so much that he leaves and for months on end, your life has no meaning to the point that in the book, it's literally just blank pages with nothing but a month title on them. That is not and a then, healthy relationship. <laughs> and then in order to somewhat evoke the image of him, you almost kill yourself multiple, multiple times. times. That is the lie. definition of a toxic relationship. 
while this is hurting me, uh, it's a pretty good case. <laughs> um, he breaks into her house and watches her sleep against her consent. So creepy. <laughs> you're like, you're building a Sunday. You have the layer and then you're adding on like the sprinkles and the whipped cream and the cherry on like, top. There's I'll just put the so many layers. There's I'll so the many layers. <laughs> How about the fact that she's in high school and he's like 117 years old. Now that is a low blow, Taylor. <laughs> I'm just well, saying. It's going for the these, age. These fantasy books that are like, oh, it's fine because they still look like they're a teenager. He has still lived 100 years longer than her, has seen a lot more, has completely different life experiences, is in a completely different spot in his life than she is. Okay. It yeah. doesn't compute you're taking a you're taking advantage of an underdeveloped mind who does not know what she really wants because you're not giving her the opportunity to actually live her life enough to know what she wants it's why people who are even like 26 23 should not date 17 year olds because if you're still in high school you don't know what the real world is like there's a lot of rage here Devin. i think we should have picked them as our favorites <laughs> could you imagine also i would never have made that choice <laughs> he wouldn't have allowed it no i'm, I I'm more passionate about our least favorite than our favorite but <laughs> Bella and Ever are the worst. I know. as a final note on this couple i just want to point out that like yes clearly edward does like try to leave her you know i know people make that argument like he knew like he tried to give her the chance their communication skills were in the negatives as far as like it was so bad they needed to see a therapist it was just it was atrocious from start to finish and i still love twilight but that relationship should be no one's goal (laughs) and with that she drops the mic (laughs) mic drop there you go all right kiwi tell us why Captain levi i don't know if i have that much rage against this couple (laughs) Um, for me, Kath and Levi, um, the thing is, I really like Rainbow Rowell because I love the way that she writes the romantic scenes because, um, I'll kind of take Tay's words, um, from a bit before when we had done a recommendation on one of her books, it was, she just makes it so realistic, but also it's just so full of chemistry that it just like lifts off the page. And for me with Kath and Levi, he was just like this hippie, bald, wishy-washy, just like too nice guy, right? He was like the bad decision guy that you date in college and like he completely breaks your heart and like makes you not believe in love anymore. That was the vibe that he gave me. And for Kath, who's like, you know, she she's kind of like riddled with anxiety and she's going to college and she's just like kind of like in her own space. She tends to be a much more vulnerable like protagonist than, you know, what you're kind of used to. So it kind of felt like he was taking advantage of her. And I know he's only 21. I know this in my mind. But the fact that he's balding and the fact that he kind of gave me creepy vibes just like it made me imagine a 40 year old man. I love how the balding is <laughs> also of the relationship it's a yeah, shout, shout out, out. lie but it's a people who are balding <laughs> a few descriptions about the forehead though i will say i was like this forehead is a big part of his personality 
Holy um, man. You just got all these white men taking advantage of young girls. I mean, come hey. on. <laughs> what can we do? <laughs> Taylor, do you have thoughts? I mean, I think for me, I don't quite have like the rage with like Edward and Bella. I think with Kath and Levi, it's it's not quite the passion I have toward them. It's just the disappointment. It's like the disappointment that sucks the life out of you where it's like, oh, I wish I, I wish I could rage about them and be like, oh my goodness, this and this. But for me, I'm just like, you guys were not quite make it. <laughs> and um, so I think with Kath and Levi, it just felt really immature. And Kath, I was like, I wanted her to be more set within herself before meeting. A- Reach. <laughs> oh, gosh. So she it- infuriated me. Yeah, and she required so much validation, which isn't bad. She's 18. It's expected. I mean, obviously, as you get older, you get more into yourself and you realize who you are. But with Levi, I was like, is he really this nice? Or is just is the flannel a lie? That's why it's the flannel a lie. That's where I draw the line. The flannel. That's it. You're out, buddy. Oh, my gosh. I was telling Kami, I was like, in high school, I remember one guy was texting me and he was super like complimentary, but in a way that felt super generalized and kind of fake. And I was getting those vibes with Levi and I was like, oh, my gosh, I'm having flashbacks right now. This relationship. And so I just don't feel like it was quite real or quite uh, long lasting. Yeah, I still get mad when uh, we're like three quarters of the way through the book and they just finally like got back together. And then she brings up like, do you like my sister? I'm like, how <laughs> dare you? <laughs> I that from your episode. How you were like, why are we bringing this up right now? <laughs> so stupid. Uh. I'm just taking a lot of heat right now. <laughs> I haven't read this book. Oh really? Taylor Taylor has Taylor from and yeah, girl the book little, was better podcast. There's two Taylors here. It's a little confusing. yes, yes. <laughs> yes. Little but. me who loves fangirl is so sad, but there are definite there are definite problems. The, the thing is, I love fangirl the book. I love the book, but when you put this as your least favorite, it made me kind of take a second and go like, you know, they're <laughs> not wrong. the best. <laughs> Yes, <laughs> to the other girl, I was like, oh, what are we? Oh, what are we doing? Yeah, right? that, that's true. Yeah. But that he stayed bad. at the hospital with her. It didn't get it. No context for any of them. <laughs> <laughs> Old by 30. <laughs> oh, God, I know. I will say my first like real relationship was at 19. It was awful. It was like kind of like. Similar he was this? way too old for you. <laughs> yeah, it was bad. <laughs> Where Aaron's <laughs> won. <laughs> yeah, but when I read this book, I will say, because he was bald, so that is funny. I will say, it was a little reminiscent, and I was like, hmm, I don't know if I like this. <laughs> oh, my gosh. So I get it. I well, get it. <laughs> fair. Well, uh, Devin funny. and I uh, are talking about Tom and Summer. Because um, who doesn't hate Tom and Summer? And uh, oh, I love the I movie. Great movie. Yeah, the movie. movie's great. Fantastic movie. Here's my so problem glad with they Tom and Summer. Together. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but my problem with Tom and Summer is Summer. And that's about it. I cannot stand the way that she leads him on. I cannot stand it. I think he's whiny and she leads him on. And they're obviously they don't end up together. So. Devin and I talked about it just because the movie is something to talk about. We thought it'd be fun, but their relationship is the perfect example of two people who 
try to make it work and then just aren't they're not right for each other they're not right for each other and he just hangs on for so long he does oh my gosh i'm like tom get over yourself man i can't he's perpetually like the the ideal nice guy and Mm -hmm. i that's why i feel for him but he's whiny feel for the guy Mm -hmm. but they're never on the same page they just the and it's not just about so i'll talk a little bit about this very shortly but it's not just about love but it's about like other things too they're just never really like although they have great connections they don't really communicate well together and uh the lack of their communication prevents them from ever really being truly happy they're just never really open enough they're never really sharing what they need to share and therefore they're just mixed up the entire time especially when it comes Mm -hmm. to their ideals of love um tom is like all about this uh fascination with love and uh, true love is real and when t- once you find it you'll know it and she's just like i want nothing to do with it like i don't want to date i don't want this i don't want that like i just want to be casual my and- dislike of summer may come from the fact that we get it from his point of view for so long before mm-hmm. they go back and show you it from her kind of point of view or at least the things that he was missing right i just they're just not good they're just not good yeah I, I, I was going to say, I don't think either of them are great. Like, I think that we're skewed to dislike Summer more. Because we're really getting it from one perspective. When you take a step back and look at it, he's like, like you said, he's that like he's typical nice guy who's like, I have this image of a girl and she has to fit into this mm-hmm. particular like image that I have in my head or else it's not going to work. Yep. And that's not good. And it's her fault. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's her he, fault that she isn't who I created her to be in my head. He is whiny. <laughs> Tom is whiny as heck. And yeah. I, it I really just, is, a two, is a double-wedged sword with both of them having issues that kind of really don't allow them to come together. But the movie agrees with us. So they're not together. So there you go. Yeah. Not even the movie shipped them. <laughs> I know. <Exactly. laughs> That's great. Um, okay. So taking a little bit of a step back from our choices and more just a broad definition. And we like to throw this out there to just like trip people up. No, I'm just kidding. Cause it's fun. It's Valentine's Day. Um, in general, what is your definition of love? What are characteristics of a great relationship in your perspective? The book was better. Um. I- Obviously, it's it's going to be different for each individual person, but I find that you can't really have long-lasting love um, without a good, solid foundation of friendship. Mm-hmm. Um, obvi- of course, everybody wants passion here and there, and passion's great, but passion is short-lived. Um, you need more substance than just passion to have a successful relationship. And that's why I think whoever, like, like your spouse should be your best friend, right? Like my Mm -hmm. husband is my best friend and my daughters think that that's hilarious. They're like, what? No, dad's dad, dad's your (laughs) husband. He can't be your best friend. And I'm like, he can be both. Like, (laughs) But to like a three-year-old and a five-year-old, they're like, no, your best friend is, that's not what that is. (laughs) Um, 
but I, I think, and we've been married almost nine years. Like when you grow, you change, you're not going to be the same person for forever. And you grow and change together and to remain connected and stay successful in that relationship, that friendship and that communication, I think is really essential. Yeah, I would, sorry, my dog is squeaking. squeaking. Um, I would say something similar with friendship, but it's also, I would say love is someone that you can come to in any circumstance, in any situation, and uh, you know that you'll be okay. You know that they're going to support you. They're going to be there for you. They'll laugh with you. They'll cry with you, whatever it may be. Um, it's a constant in your life. Um, and so that's kind of what I would say on top of obviously. Yeah. Like I would say my husband is my best friend as well. Um, but yeah, he's someone that I know no matter what happens, no matter what we go through, it's, we're going to be okay. He's just that constant. So there you go. Love that. Kiwi. I wish we could copy and paste. <laughs> they were so perfect. Yeah, I think love is definitely a foundation. It's a history. It's reliability. It's trust. And of course, passion can play into that and passion can certainly grow. But like you said, passion doesn't always last forever. And that's not a bad thing. It's more so passion about that person, not necessarily like passion about the physical aspects or, mm-hmm. or the romantic aspects. And I think so with love too, that kind of important features knowing when to hold on to it and then when to let go because I think sometimes we hold on to relationships thinking that like we've put so much time and work and effort into it and that we do love this person but that then it's kind of like the classic line of I'm not in love with this person so I can love and appreciate them but I can also let them go too and that that's okay and I mean I think love is extraordinary and I think it's also to what you're willing to do for that person and what you're willing to understand and kind of going into things with an open mind, going to things, understanding that that person has had different experiences and different traumas and fears and how you can be a comfort to that and how you can support that just as you hope they do to you as well. Mm -hmm. I think for me, if I were to think of myself in a relationship, I I would want to be at peace in that, like, I don't want to doubt my partner. I don't want to like feel as if like there's something wrong Like for me to be in love with just to be like settled, to be at peace, just like, I mean, yeah, you can have like doubts about certain things, but like, you're going to like doubt them together. You're going to, it's, it's, it's just that like, it shouldn't be something that's incredibly difficult and like something that you're like stressed out over or anything like that. Mm -hmm. I think for love too, like it really helps this is going to sound like really weird, but it really helps if you like the person. <laughs> mm-hmm. like, um, uh, my sister, she always says that she, if her potential spouse doesn't find her funny, then she cannot date him because she's like, I, ha- I have to be able to make you laugh. Like you have to like me in that aspect or else this isn't mm-hmm. going to. And mm-hmm. well, that's a little ridiculous. Um, I kind of see where like she's coming from and it's kind of like, that thing in like Parks and Rec when um Leslie and Ben get married, they say like I like and I love you. Yeah, ah, I love them. The epitome of what I'm, I'm trying to convey. I think I'm going to take on your sister's philosophy of if you don't laugh at me like at my jokes, then 
we're not in love. <laughs> I will say, I don't think it's that ridiculous. Like my husband and I don't have a lot of like hobbies in common or anything, but our sense of humor is the same. And that's been the biggest thing for me through our relationship is that we can always laugh together. And I'm like, I think that is so important. It is. I think for me, love is like honesty and authenticity. So I think that someone who can be honest with you and someone who you can be your authentic self with is the most important thing. Like, obviously all these things kind of fall into that. But for me, it's like, I, I still, Devin and I have thought for a long time about whether or not we believe there's one person on earth. And this is getting real philosophical. One person on earth for each person, or if we think you can make it work with a whole number of people. And I, I definitely believe that um, when you fall in love, you sort of meet that person at a different level than you meet other people. And you can just really be your authentic self. And I think that's what it comes down to because you're both going to change and grow so much in a relationship. So it comes down to a lot of really good, honest communication and enough love to see someone growing, to know their past, um, and to just like, let them kind of sit and be themselves with you. I think that's really, really important. Um, so yeah, seconding what everyone else says, but I think an important <laughs> characteristic is definitely honesty and authenticity as well. And now Devin has the hard job yeah, of going last. Way to go, guys. <laughs> of Ditto. course you okay, make me no. yeah, <laughs> move it on. <laughs> uh, yeah, copy and paste, insert. Yes. Um, but no, I think there's many ways to show love, which I think is what's important is that it's not just what you say. It's not just what you do. It's not just um, time. Like there's so much involved with it that um, I think that's what's amazing about the entity of it. And that mm -hmm. um, you can appeal to other people's um, language of love in a sense. Um, and I feel like as a society, we've done a poor job at defining what love is. Um, or we've defined it the wrong way at times, mm -hmm. um, especially in Hollywood when we try and make up these fancy stories. And yes, that's part of what our show is all about. And um, <laughs> Devin's discrediting. We <laughs> <laughs> but but um, there's just a sense of we need to redefine what it means. And it goes to the simple nature of it's um, we're, we're human nature and we're, we're social bodies. So it's just being with each other and mm -hmm. understanding each other and doing things, not because you feel there's an obligation for it, but just because you know that it's the right thing to do and it's out of love for another person. Um, so yeah, there we go. Yeah. Wow. We love the philosophy on this show, man. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> All right. So what are your favorite moments between your favorite couple? Diving back in. The book was better. Um, uh, there's there's, a, there's lot. a lot. <laughs> <laughs> it's a long show. It's a long show. There's a lot. But I love the one of my favorite moments is after they get engaged and Schmidt learns the dance to do for her mom to yes. try to like show his yes. commitment to her and their culture and it's just like such a growth because like obviously schmidt's always been a little like Goofy. insensitive <laughs> like yep. you know stuff like that that's kind of part of his character mm -hmm. but like the effort that he put in 
and like how like he really tried it's just so sweet to see and so it's just one of my favorite moments of the many that i could say <laughs> well and also I, that what's funny is because the first thing that came to my mind is actually in the same episode <laughs> um but it's when he finds out that um cc didn't tell her mom about him and kind of understands why she's got that insecurity right like i think about if i were schmidt in that situation i would have been so mad <laughs> and he had i think he i think he had right to be upset in that scenario and to be upset with cc i'm like we're engaged and you didn't tell your family that we're engaged like seriously and you gave me the impression that you did tell, right? Like he had every right to be upset, but he gets over it really quickly to still continue to show support for Cece. And then like says to her mom, like, well, I'm just going to keep trying and I'm just going to keep going to prove to you why I'm the right choice for your daughter. And you will end up liking me kind of thing. Like, <laughs> and it's just, I think it's a strong example of why they work. Um, and then I also really like when they later on in the the last season, actually, when they have a daughter and they've been married for a while. I was also going to um, mention all of the, a lot of my favorite ones are in the last season when they're like more established, you know, the time skips there. They've been married for a while. They have a kid. And I just, it's so he, good. They, neither of them really love putting their daughter into daycare, but like Cece's been doing really good at her job and career. Mm -hmm. And so Schmidt's like, okay, well, I'll quit my job then to stay home with our daughter so that you can keep doing what you what like, feel called man. to do. Oh, so good. We stand. Okay. <laughs> we yeah, stand. I do like what I do like about that. The, the relationship in that show is that they are the ones that are, they, you get them first inkling that they're going to be together. And then, so they're not just the first one that actually gets together, but the first one that gets married, the first one that like, actually moves forward in their relationship mm -hmm. whereas all the other ones are still like figuring it out and when I, they're figuring it out but they're figuring it out together like it's mm -hmm. just a long a long haul for them which i think is really cool are you swapping ships no 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 no, no i'm just ship, supporting Devin? just supporting. <laughs> yeah join us join us <laughs> all right kiwi and the bird should we do like a three two one and we both say our favorite I don't know. Mine, there's <laughs> many. I like. I can think. There are like so many little moments. You, you go first. Though. You go first. Oh, okay. So I have two favorite moments. I mean, f right off the bathroom scene. Oh, don't even with me. <laughs> Soldier trope. It is so good. There's just so much like, so much of the unsaid. Like what? Can I will jump ship for that scene. Join <laughs> <laughs> you life preserver. Join. <laughs> um, we just. I just really love how like there was so much through the unsaid there was so much through the actions and the emotions and the fact that like kaz was willing to put aside something that's been traumatizing him for so long just to get close to her and the fact that they were just really deeply connecting in this moment but you could also feel it like there was barely hands off barely any touching and yet i was like oh my gosh i'm blushing i may have to like take a breather during this scene like it's getting hot in here <laughs> and i just thought like it was a really beautifully well done moment too where they weren't betraying themselves as well in kind of pursuing this little intimate moment and then the other scene that i love is when um uh inej is injured 
and uh, Kaz is carrying her onto the ship and, you know, like things are crazy because she's down and he's like emotionally distressed. And that's kind of the moment where you realize, oh, my goodness, this guy has a crush on her. Like he feels more than just partners in crime. And I mean, get yourself a man who will rip out another guy's eye for you. <laughs> Your standard. I don't know. I'm sudden it, though. <laughs> And like just the fact that he was so devoted and invested in that moment. The like, show is not spoiler free. Spoiler I Yeah. It's funny because I haven't read Fangirl, but then Taylor hasn't read um the Yeah, Six I have Crows no well. idea what's going on. But Girl, you okay. gotta read it. You gotta it's read so it. So good. I read the first book in like the long series. Shadow and Bone. Yeah, Shadow and Bone. But I gotta get to Six of Crows. Six of Crows is much better than Shadow and Bone. Agreed. That's what I've heard. So it's okay. (laughs) I'm looking forward to the bathroom scene. (laughs) (laughs) Oh no. I didn't even think of it. (laughs) It's not really, it's not like a spicy scene. It's very spicy. It is spicy. It's not. For me, it is in the tension. Yes. Bridgerton level spicy, like the tension between them. <laughs> For a guy who can't touch other people. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it adds to the allure. Yeah. Everyone has their level of spice, you know? Yeah. Um, I won't spoil anything else. I'll turn it over to Kimi. <laughs> I'm you're fine. You're fine, really. I'm really okay. You're good. <laughs> I oh, but it's so good though. Okay. Um <laughs> I I do agree. I do love like the two scenes that Taylor's talking about. But one I, I'll go I'll go two other ones. Ooh. In um at the end of Six of Crows, there's this moment between Kaz um and Inej where they're on the boat after um it's just like right at the end. Um when Kaz like kind of like grabs Inej's hand and like wants her to stay in Ketterdam because she says like no, like once we finish this, like I'm gonna leave. And it's like, I think it's the first moment where Kaz admits to himself that he wants Inej. Um, but I, what I really love about that scene is that um Inej, she's like, No, right now Kaz is not enough for me. And like I will not drown with him. And like it's the whole line of like, I will have you without armor, Kaz. Yes. Yes. My girl. I'm so glad. So you. glad you brought it up. So I love that, like, you can feel the love between them, but you also see, like, Inej loves herself enough to know that she's not going to, like, go down that path, you know? Oh, you mean the antithesis of Bella and Edward? Because she doesn't <laughs> oh, put her entire value and worth Dang in it, man? Kaylee, why? <laughs> I just ship everybody. I have a problem. Yeah. Um, except Tom and Summer. though. <laughs> um, uh, <laughs> Oof. I think it is at the end of Crooked Kingdom when Kaz is literally like, come back to me. Oh, I'm birth and bringing her parents to her. Like it is the whole thing. Like he like he holds her hand without his glove. Like she kind of like falls and like because of the shock of seeing her parents, you know, and now she never falls. And the fact that he's there to hold her, it's uh, everything about it was just. It was everything. Chef's kiss. <laughs> Chef's kiss is right. Devin, you want to go first with uh, Kate and Anthony? <laughs> so these two have a lot of steamy scenes. Uh, 
they have a lot of tension as we've already mentioned. Um, and just like I said, they don't have to be near each other. They can just be like staring at each other. And there's just like that passion that they already have. But one of my favorite scenes is obviously the bee sting. Um, I just can't get over his acting ability. Like, aside from the character, the acting ability to have a panic attack on screen and have it be believable and have it be um, emotionally um, draining for both himself, for Kate and for the audience, I think is really um, powerful to see. Um, But you see them both kind of break down their, their walls, their barriers in that moment. Um, I also love when they're playing, uh, is it croquet? Is that the game that they play? You're stealing my scene, Devin. It's not (laughs) croquet, but it's it's similar to croquet. What what is it? I don't know. I can't remember what it's called, but it's not croquet. Okay, I'm sorry. (laughs) Regardless, I'm gonna be ignorant and say croquet. (laughs) (laughs) They're playing croquet, everybody. Um, But they're trucking. They're they're trucking through the mud, and they're just like um, palm out or something that kind of sounds familiar that does sound familiar um (laughs) but they're um just teasing each other and bickering and just trying to drive each other insane i just love it yep i love the mud scene and i like any time that kate is getting to know his family i just think that is so funny to watch um i don't know i really I don't like when he gets to know her family, obviously, because he's wooing her sister for a while. <laughs> but I really like when Kate starts to become part of his family. I think that's really- But also the hand flexes. There's hand flexes again. <laughs> the Darcy hand flex. All right. When they're like so close to touching. I'm like, yeah, Woo! that's good. Yep. The passion. The passion is there. All right. So jumping back to our least favorite couple before we sort of finish up the episode with a few questions um what are your least favorite moments and kaylee taylor don't be harsh <laughs> between your I, least favorite i, I mean <laughs> i mean don't be harsh you don't have be to be harsh. harsh just open to any page in the book <laughs> the whole theory the whole theory it's so bad I'm so upset. Oh, we wore matching <laughs> outfits to our date. How cute. No, that's cringy. <laughs> uh, oh my gosh. Uh, I, I will say if I had to pick a few of my like top least favorites. <laughs> um, oh, it's so hard. Where do you even start? I mean, the whole forest scene is just weird. Say and then which one? Oh, the science scene. Yep, yep. <laughs> Say it out loud. I'm a monster as I sparkle in the sunlight. Um, <laughs> let me take off my clothes. Of from killer. a seventeen-year-old girl. Um, <laughs> it's just so bad. As and then like, outrun me. I'm sorry. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> and then the the spider monkey line obviously is one that we have to talk about. That's only in the movie, though. That's not in the book. I don't think. I don't don't remember that being a line in the book. Talk about it. It's a fair point. (laughs) Um. So that one's like, talk about starting the relationship off on a bad note, and then they you need to stay away from me, but I'm gonna keep approaching you and like talking to you. Come in your room to to watch you sleep at night. Yeah, like just. 
And then later on in the series, you know, he leaves. And then he's like, oh, no, she's dead. I'm going to go kill myself. It's not just Bella. It's also Edward. They're Full on bad. Romeo and Juliet situation. Yeah. And guess what? Romeo and Which Juliet is a, is a tragedy, couple. not a romance. <laughs> You're not wrong. You're not wrong. Romeo and Juliet were 13. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get Kaylee started on that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and you'd think that because he's been alive for so long that he would like, I don't know, have maturity. Have matured? <laughs> Honestly. Nope. But they're, nope. they're stinted, right? Aren't they supposed to be like stinted at their like age that they turn? In which Only case, in physical growth, not in mental yeah. capacity and capability. <laughs> <laughs> like, Edward. that would be terrible. Just a bunch of immortal 17-year-olds running around forever. <laughs> that would be horrible. That's a nightmare. That's a nightmare. <laughs> I work with that age, and I would agree. I was about to say, I work with a lot of 17-year-olds. It would be a nightmare. <laughs> the overconfidence. So, and then the last that I want to mention in specifics is oh man I, I mean I was going to say the entirety of the last book but just, no whole, like, I do not concur <laughs> <laughs> it's Dang it. so it's such a terrible like the marriage the honeymoon all of it it's just Makes the me love like, triangle with Jacob. It's eh, not. It is, no, no, it's no. so bad. It's Jacob so bad. Black is amazing. Hop off. <laughs> no, I love Jacob. I'm trying so hard. Our Twilight episodes. <laughs> I am. Did you? You did Twilight, didn't you? A while ago. Yeah, we did. I'll have to yeah, listen to it so I can rage. <laughs> I was Team Jacob growing up. When I read Twilight, I was Team Jacob. So was Devin. But again. As an adult, you read them and you realize it's not, good. It's not healthy. It's None not healthy. of it that is healthy. Relation. None of it's healthy. Everywhere so we're to be. She, yeah. she is engaged. <laughs> she is engaged to Edward and is like, Jacob, no, come stay with me. Kiss me. Please don't leave me. You're engaged. Ah. <laughs> <sighs> Those are all fair. This is brutal, but this is fair. (laughs) Kiwi. Sorry. Break me down (laughs) some more, Kiwi. You know what? Bella and Edward do have their faults, I will say. Um, But at least Edward was like devoted to Bella. I cannot say the same thing. Thank you. (laughs) You're right. Devoted to to a fault. Devoted to a fault. (laughs) Almost devoted in a creepy stalker way. (laughs) Uh, But with Kath and Levi, I mean, I'll admit they have their cute moments, like the scene where they're reading to get, like, Kath is reading out loud to Levi. I was like, okay, like, I feel this. I was like, the sparks are happening. Everything after that, that was just a disappointment. Like, it really, I'm sorry. And the, 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 the really, the thing that, like, hit bottom for me was that scene where he kissed another girl and, like, she was there and like witnessed it and like she forgave him for no reason at all no that's that's a no from me i again he's just the bad decision hippie i can't i can't <laughs> the bad decision hippie <laughs> I, love I have i have no inclination to read this book <laughs> based on what you guys are saying <laughs> it's a really fun book but 
sorry. Also, sorry, my power just went out. So. Oh my gosh. Good luck. <laughs> Luckily, sorry. I'm on hotspot. I'm on my hotspot, so I should be okay. Um, God bless. Oh, it came back. We're good. Good, good. We're good. I'm alive. <laughs> Everything's good. Sorry. But it's a good book. Besides the fact that it's maybe a flawed, very flawed couple. Yeah. Other Taylor? Oh my goodness. The kiss scene was just so, oh my. Like, I was with the romance. I was feeling, I was like, oh my goodness, we just had this cute reading scene. Like, reading was made really cute and sexy somehow. I was totally in it. But then when he kissed that other girl and she saw, I was like, this guy doesn't even exist to me anymore. I can't see him. I can't. It was really bad timing. I couldn't believe the timing of it. Truly. (laughs) Also, afterward, when he kind of said his reasons for why he did it or like why it wasn't such a big deal, I was like, I don't believe you, dude. Yeah, I couldn't get over that either myself. I was like, you can't say she meant so much to you and that you were wanting to court her basically for four months. But then after you kiss her, you go kiss someone else. I was like, two plus two ain't adding up to four. (laughs) (laughs) Or even fish for that matter. (laughs) That combined with the fact that he hung out around his ex all the time just like did not pair well. Mm, That's fair too. I think he was still in love with that girl too for a little while. Honestly. But anyways, anyway, (laughs) I'm just going to go ahead and say for Tom and Summer, it's the whole like wedding situation when he's like, oh my gosh, we're back together. It's great. And then they're not back together and it's not great anymore because she leads them on. Yes. Like they they meet, they meet at this wedding after they break up, they meet at this wedding and they are having a great time. They're actually enjoying each other's company. It's not like this awkward. I mean, there's a brief awkward time where they're like, okay, what do we do? But then they finally like let down their walls. They're together. And then there's expectation that, the dancing, everything, like something, something's going to happen from this moment. Can't stand it. And Summer doesn't really express that, okay, I'm still not into it. Or, hey, FYI, I like somebody else now. <laughs> like, yep. So uh, It makes me so mad. My blood just boils when I see that. Yeah. Do you have any all th- others? All, through, all throughout, there's also the, her leading him on when, like, they ha- there's, like, that montage when they're at, like, the department store. And oh, yeah. they're, like making breakfast Ikea? and yeah, yeah. Ikea, some, I think it was Ikea. <laughs> I Listen, Ikea. <laughs> um, they were, but they were like in the kitchen making the uh, breakfast, like fake making breakfast and stuff. And then they were like moving to another scene. And there's just like, they, they, it was showing them like pretending to be a real couple and it made it feel real to him. Yeah. Um. So, but I also think that Tom, is also an antagonist in the same manner because he puts summer on a pedestal. Um, He thinks that everything that she does is great. I love her. She can't do anything wrong. And then when she does do stuff wrong, he's like, how dare you do this to me? (laughs) Um, So I don't think either of them are great. (laughs) Uh, So yeah, that's where I'm at. Now we're duking. with, With that movie, it, I was just going to say, with that movie, like, obviously they don't end up together. And right. so it's definitely, I would say, the most interesting of all of these ones that we're talking about. Just because it's like, 
this the movie the way that it was filmed like they don't end up together so you're like almost not supposed to root for them right compared to the ones that we have where it's like you're supposed to so i (laughs) think it's an interesting couple i also hate that that conversation they have at the end it's one of my favorite movies yeah is it really i love 500 days of summer Uh, the way it was filmed the way the story is told yeah super creative I, it I plays with it. your emotions. It um, plays with your emotions. I do hate one of the ending scenes when they're sitting on the bench together and she's like, I found it, Tom. I'm like, you son of a... <laughs> <Devin's mad>. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it wasn't with you, but I found it. I was like, how dare you? Ooh, you got me. Okay. <laughs> yep. Plays with your emotions. Yeah. Okay, because after summer, he needs autumn. Yes, it's true. And I wish they would have done the sequel with like... With autumn. Five hundred days autumn. of autumn. <laughs> <laughs> Five hundred days. Autumn forever. No. Autumn, autumn forever. See, there you go. You've thought about this. <laughs> Except shouldn't he also then go through like winter and spring and then he ends? No, those aren't spring. people's names. I mean, do all of them? Those aren't people's names. That's not true. I, I work in a school. I know people's names. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody named Spring. Uh, I don't know about spring, but winter I've heard before. No winter, but spring. Yeah, I don't know about spring. spring. Anyway, sorry if your name is Spring. I'm not. Trying yeah, to sorry. Do We're, we don't mean to offend anybody. <laughs> <laughs> um. All right. So let's duke it out. Why is your couple the best? This is your last time to kind of like state your case, and why is your least favorite the worst? I feel like we obviously have a very strong case for our least favorite. Um, but <laughs> yeah, for our I, favorite, I, I would say they're the most realistic. I think that they are the most relatable. And I think that they are the healthiest depiction of like a relationship and like what you could be striving for in like your actual life. And I think that's why I really like them as a couple is it seems like something good a good relationship to like show people and like show like younger people especially who maybe are still trying to figure out what they want in life i feel like it's good to have couples like that and to have like good representations of relationships in life mm-hmm. that's what i'll say for cc and schmidt kaylee did you have anything to add schmidt is the opposite of toxic masculinity <laughs> <laughs> He and and I I do think when you look at the world today, there's a lot of people who didn't grow up with a healthy example of what a healthy relationship would look like. Um, a lot of a lot of children of divorce, right? Um, and a lot of we, the newer generations, millennials, Gen Z, right, kind of finally dealing with that trauma that our parents wouldn't deal with (laughs) and having standards and expectations. And so then you get all these women who are like, no, that doesn't seem like a fair relationship. That doesn't seem like a healthy, fair balance of power in this relationship, right? And you finally get in a very successful media a healthy relationship where it's not like hey well i'm gonna go work a nine to five and you cook and clean and i'm gonna be the dad and you're gonna be the mom right like they figure out their own dynamic that works well for them 
that doesn't necessarily fall under stereotypical gender roles, but is still successful, still healthy, and a good example of what could be and what can be attainable and that you can strive for in real life, even if some of it is still far-fetched and exaggerated. Definitely. And then should we talk about our least favorite too? Or go ahead. Go you might as okay. well get all <laughs> of it out well there. Drive the last nail into the coffin. <laughs> <laughs> um, literally, let's bury these two under the ground. Um, <laughs> our just wooden stake to the heart won't do it in that universe. You have to cut off their head <laughs> and burn them. <laughs> yep. Um, <laughs> They are literally like the opposite of Cece and Schmidt. Like Cece and Schmidt is everything you should be striving for in a relationship. Bella and Edward is everything you shouldn't be striving for in a relationship. And the fact that it's targeted at teens is so dangerous because it's like, do not think that that's a healthy relationship. Do not go after that. That's just bad. Do not strive. Do not strive. Do not strive for an Edward. I was that naive immature 14 year old who was like i want an edward where's my edward ew gross no little kaylee stop it (laughs) (laughs) grow up learn one day you will learn (laughs) love it all right kiwi and the bird no i have one thing to say um schmidt i don't think is the opposite of toxic masculinity just okay yeah that's true episode where he goes through the five stages of grief when cc wants to get a breast reduction so <laughs> you're not say, wrong this is fair yeah there are moments, definitely by the end of the show though like he goes through a big character arc by the end he has vastly improved <laughs> harold and hakeem or something is what he names <laughs> yeah <laughs> a whole episode I just watched it like last week <laughs> um, uh, for me, I think Kaz and Inej, what I love about it is that Kaz is like this terrible person who just like will murder and, and <laughs> his own greed. But it's the fact that he himself, like he wants to better himself so he can be worthy of Inej, right? Like there's a whole, there's a line where he says like, um, I, I'll bring myself into some semblance of a man for her, right? And for Inej, like, she has her beliefs, she sticks to her beliefs, um, and she will not back down for anyone. And it's the fact that it's, like, the the amount of respect between the two, especially with each other's traumas, and, like, and I, it's just, it's a beautiful thing to see. Like, they have, like, all this time together, and, like, their chemistry, again, is just palpable, those are like all these things combined. Like you just like, are you going to get a better couple? The answer is no. I mean, the ship name's Kanej. That's pretty, it's pretty cool. It's Not a pretty cool <laughs> name. <It's> pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Kimi always just sums it up in the most perfect way possible. And I just, I love with Kanej that it's a really, it feels like a pure love between these people who think they're, they themselves are so impure. And with Kaz, you know, he does murder people. <laughs> without remorse you know i'm not gonna discount that he does that for sure but i do like that it's not like they're trying to 
make themselves good people. It's not like they're trying to strive to be better or change their circumstances necessarily because Kaz at the end of the book is still kind of in the same place. But as a person, he is very different and he wants to do better in regard to Inej and that he and that she does better for him. She's really taught him so much, but that she's also not willing to give herself up just to teach him as well. It's not about teaching him, but it's about learning and growing together. And again, with the eyeball thing, I'm just going to throw that out there. It's a <laughs> good romantic reason. I think. <laughs> but I think they really do have that chemistry and timelessness that, I don't know, I feel like they're very sweet, even though they're seemingly rough people, even though it seems like they wouldn't be capable of such delicateness with each other. Sure. Uh, in regard to Kath and Levi, um, I think, I hate to call them the worst, but I do think they are the worst. They're just- the worst. Has no they are the worst <laughs> because they are like they did have the potential to be a really sweet amazing couple but i feel like the conflict that happened happened too early and was too much and wasn't resolved enough and i, I felt like i couldn't trust a relationship afterward i was like levi i don't know about you and then kath i think you need to learn some things and to grow up a little bit more and like i, I felt like hopping into the relationship I wanted to hop out. I was ready to hopscotch out of there. And it happened like pretty early on in the book too. So I was like, I got to read the rest of this, even though I'm not quite feeling these two. I, I, how do I date <laughs> that way. But so I think it was more so just kind of the, the disappointment and kind of the lack of trust in the relationship for me as a reader afterward. That was like, yeah. Yeah. For me, like the, almost the entire time, it was like just this very uncomfortable feeling Right. It's like that feeling when you can like see thing in your peripheral and like it makes you feel like unsafe and uncomfortable. <laughs> but, like the icky feeling. Right. I got that icky feeling when I was reading it and I was just like uncomfortable the entire time. And I was like, no, Kath, stop making bad decisions with the bad decision hippie. <laughs> the, ba- the, the bad decision hippie. We're going I with that. I will never be able to think of him as anything else except <laughs> the bald, bad decision hippie now. Yep. That is just... Officially. I just have no that. desire to read this book anymore. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Okay. I will say, oh, at the end of Fangirl, when I finished reading it, it definitely did seem like the kind of couple where I was like, they're not going to last. They're going to last. <laughs> they're mm-hmm. going to break up. But, is it, but you said she's only 18? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's okay. It's okay that they're yeah. not going to last. <laughs> yeah, it's for the best. <laughs> a more mature relationship. Yep. Re- yeah. Okay. Well, Kate and Anthony. Here's why I think they're the best because they have the passion of Kaz and Inej and the longevity of Schmidt and Cece. And oh. I. Th- oh. <laughs> yep. And I'm just going to leave that there. No, but I think Bridgerton just does such a good good job of creating these good moments of conflict that actually are resolved. And I don't know. I don't know. Anthony and Kate, just like we said before, they go through a lot together. They, they deal with past trauma together. They struggle through it. Um, They have all of the passion. I mean, there's a little bit of like, he's wooing her sister. Like I said before, don't love it. Um, But then he finally, (laughs) Right. He finally comes to over that very important. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But then he finally admits his feelings. And I feel like for a man of that era, like that was hard to do. So I just I give him a lot of respect for that. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, I'm not going to add anything to that. I'm just going to jump right into Tom and Summer. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead. Um, well, first of all, we were very close to choosing Rory and Dean as our oh, worst. We couple. really were. We really were. And Another very good choice. <laughs> yes, but I, I honestly, personally, just wanted to choose Rory. I, I Rory's the worst. <laughs> Rory herself. <laughs> <laughs> In any relationship, Devin has Absolutely. some Rory issues. Yeah, We've, so, so I, I was really close to. Yeah, I, I, I love Gilmore it. Girls, but I have I take issue. Yeah. <laughs> um. Anyways, <clears throat> Tom and Summer. Um. They are compatible, but they just don't work together. There's a lot of um. There's a lot of um catching up to do on both ends that they just don't meet in the middle with. Their ideals just don't fit. Um. Uh, we don't get enough of summer's perspective. And I think that kind of hinders and distorts our own view of the whole situation. That's because Tom doesn't necessarily get to know her well either. He just sees the surface level of her. It is surface um, level. Yep. So that's just my interpretation. Go ahead. Steve. Uh, I'll just simply say what I said before, which is even the movie or I think it was Taylor said this, even the movie doesn't ship them. And that's all that you need. They don't end up together. He meets autumn. She meets somebody else. Um, And I think there's really, really clear red flags throughout the entire movie as to why they're not meant for each other. And I think Mm -hmm. it does come down to the fact that it's a very shallow relationship. Tom in the end is whiny. He doesn't, he doesn't really take the time to get to know her. Like Devin was saying, and summer is, she leads him on something awful. So I, I just can't do Even it. though she's like very upfront with it, she still isn't fully honest with her own feelings. Mm-hmm. I think that's what is just like, and I don't know what the word is, but like <laughs> angering me. Like I just have this like, just if you're not going to be honest with yourself, then don't even pursue this d- friendship even like, yeah. Anyways. Yep. Okay. So quick questions that are more round table style, just because we're interested. Um, Make them quicky, snappy. Yeah. Quick, snappy. I think that I, I think we've asked a few of you this before. So sorry yeah. if this is a repeat, but what is your favorite? <laughs> we what, <laughs> what is your favorite lit TV movie couple of all time? Like what is your OTP? Well, you tell me, what do you think ours are? You are so confident you know them. <laughs> <laughs> Is it Darcy and it's Elizabeth, Darcy Kaylee? Elizabeth, and yeah. it's Perfect uh-huh. Beth. <laughs> yeah. Uh, or, or, actually... or Harry and Ginny. Oh, there you there go. You go. <laughs> I am a Perfect Beth and Harry Ginny stan. I will fight to the death on those ones as you can listen in the episodes that we did on this <laughs> podcast. <laughs> They're so good. Yeah. I, I am. Yeah, I'm all about Elizabeth and Darcy. Um, oh my gosh, just he, he, they're like Jane Austen created like the perfect rom com forever ago, and like every romance novel and stuff has just basically reused Jane Austen's tropes. Okay, that's You're what they wrong. do. Um, but I also really, really like the only other like romance book that I've like reread over and over and over again um, is Once Upon a Marigold. Um, and that's Christian and Marigold is the couple in that book. Mm. And I, I love them and I love their love. And if you haven't read Once Upon a Marigold, you really should. <laughs> we'll have to look into it. 
Kiwi and the bird. Um, I think for me, I really love uh, Joe Bradley and Princess Anne from Roman Holiday. That is my favorite movie of all mm. time. The chemistry between those two, just like in the way that they look at each other. Like for, for such an old movie, you wouldn't expect there to be so much chemistry, but there is. But I'll also add on Eleanor and Park from the book Eleanor and Park because I also adore. I'm reading that right now. Is okay. It's so cute. I love it. <laughs> I'm excited. I'll have to add that to my list. Yeah. About Eleanor and Park, ironically. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I think movie-wise, uh Kami's probably gonna laugh at this because we just talked about this on a podcast we just did. But I love Rick O'Connell and Evelyn from The Mummy so much. Oh, that's great. I think you did you mention that on our last podcast? Because that sounds familiar to me. Um, I mentioned <laughs> that, that many times. That's kind of embarrassing if I did. I love it. But I love them so much just because like I like that they bring different skill sets to the table, but that they mm-hmm. also complement each other really well. And it's kind of like the classic adventure tropes. But then book-wise, oh my goodness, a series that broke my heart. And it's funny because it's not necessarily the couple that I love, but just one of the characters is the Infernal Devices with Jim. Oh my goodness, I love Jim so much. He's so passionate. <laughs> <laughs> He's so tragic. And oh, it gets me every time. That actually, that book made me like stop reading books for three years. I was completely Literally devastated. Three years. She didn't read a book. <laughs> I was too bound up into it. I'll have to read this. Wow. <laughs> Awesome, Devin. Uh, you know I can never answer this question. <laughs> Go ahead, try it out, buddy. <laughs> I I plead the fifth. Um, I can never answer this question, and it's always asked, and I hate it. So, um, but you I will say changing one answer. Yeah, <laughs> I, one of the books that I have recently just finished is Instructions for Dancing by Nicola Nicola Yoon. Um, I fell in love with it. Um, I think it's whimsical, but still like um, centered in reality. And um, the relationship that is built there is really powerful. And um, the questions that it makes you ask and uh, that the reader is going through along with um, the main character is pretty powerful. So if you haven't read it, pick it up. I might talk about it more throughout the next season. Just FYI. Oh, everyone's going to hate me. Speaking of toxic masculinity, I love Ron and Hermione. And I also love Jane and I love Ron and Hermione. (laughs) Ron in the books is not toxic masculinity. I was going to say, hold up. (laughs) A little bit. I, I love them to pieces, but there are issues. Okay, when he comes back, after being gone, ends with him only being seventeen. Let's keep that in mind. The book fair, ends with fair. Him only seventeen. Love and pieces. Love and pe- he grows. He becomes an aura. Yes, but uh, some of those moments when he leaves them and he's all jealous of Harry. I'm like, dude, she didn't even give you a reason to think. He that. had the on. Okay? <laughs> he had. So did Harry, and you don't see Harry leaving and being like. Hermione, you love Ron more than me. Jimmy it's wasn't like, there with Dean. You don't know how Harry would have reacted. Okay, Listen, <laughs> that's fair. That's fair. But Ron and Hermione and Jane and Rochester, I just love them so Alan, much. I can't get behind. I'm, I'm so sorry. sorry. Everyone is offended by my choices always, but I just <laughs> so- love them. Devin, when I made him do J and Air, I think it was the first season. He's like, I really didn't like this. I was like, okay. 
<laughs> when we did dinner on our podcast, Love I had the same reaction as them. And I was like, I'm sorry, what was this? What did I just read? <laughs> there has not been a good Jane Eyre movie made. I will That's say because that. the book itself. I'm sorry, Stephanie. I love it. Not good. I love it. Oh, and that one I will fight to the death. But those are my people. That's hilarious. I'm ashamed, but proud at the same <laughs> <All> time. <right. laughs> Let's move along before we der- derail too much. Yes. Um, what couple do you want to see on the show? Do you want to see us cover next season? This could just be a quick one-off. I would love for you guys to do real throwback throwback like some ancient greek maybe a little like Ooh. you know odyssey moment have you done hades and persephone no, no. and i really want to hades and persephone is great. <laughs> or i would love to see the odyssey with per, uh persephone and odysseus odysseus i think that they're a great couple that you could cover yeah so that's mine fair enough You've done most of my favorite ships. So. <laughs> <laughs> we didn't do the ben, Marigold one, so Elizabeth, maybe we'll... Uh... If, if you read that book, I'd be more than happy to come talk to you about <laughs> Marigold and Christian. <laughs> it is hard because you have done so many amazingly iconic uh, couples and characters. Like when I was scrolling through your feed, because I wanted to make sure I didn't say one you already had, I was mm-hmm. like, oh, so many good ones. Um, I think though, since you just did Twilight, you got to do the host with the love square because things. Oh my we gosh. Need to Oh, that oh would be gosh. a good one. You're right. For the mummy, and I know you did CC and Chet. Did you do Jess and Nick? Yes, we did. We did Jess and Nick did. first season. We okay. didn't do uh, what's his name? Winston and Allie. Winston and Allie yet. They're good. They are. Good. They are good. What about you, Kimi? I would love for you guys to do. Um, Hillary Duff and Chad Michael Murray in a Cinderella story. Yes, all <laughs> That's such day. a classic. All right, Devin, we're at one. <laughs> Season That's five. Such a classic. <laughs> oh man! All right, cool. Go ahead, Steph. End us up. Oh, what do you mean? Oh, the last oh, oh, question. Or do you want us to? <laughs> no, do you no, want no. Us to do I mean, we obviously, already... I know what I want in the next season because I made the list for the next season. Yeah, I'm not going to spoil it. <laughs> um, okay, so last question. Just going around real quick. Did uh, who do you think won this debate? Who we do we ship? <laughs> we did. We did. <laughs> I, don't, I would say I think we won for least favorite ship. <laughs> I cannot. I mean. It's hard to argue against that. It is hard. Yeah. You brought some I was gonna really say, I, points to the table. I will happily concede to. Kazanich, honestly, yeah. when it comes Kazanich. to oh, okay. I, as much as I love CC, I can't. Shit. I haven't read it, so obviously I can't say anything on yeah. that one. So I will like leave that to you guys to decide. But I think least favorite, we can all agree. the worst. I'm really mad about it, but you argued well. Oh. <laughs> but I do think I love I love Kaz and Inej, and I love that you brought mm-hmm. up the bathroom seat. I love that you brought up Inej's independence and just being like the I will eyeball. have Kaz Brecker. The I, really, eyeball. The eyeball. <laughs> yes. I really wanted to bring in uh, Matthias and Nina, but then we were like, we don't want to have two six yeah. of crows no. couples. I on. told him he couldn't do that. <laughs> Although they're hilarious. Although um, you're not. We ship Kanaj more than Nina Matthias. Yeah, me too. Disappointed. <laughs> I think we all do. Well, Taylor, you will once you read it. You'll understand. 
<laughs> well, all right, Chippers. Now's the time for you to put in your two cents and your vote. Uh, let us know on Instagram. We're going to be posting uh, to our stories to kind of get some uh, interaction and let us know who you think is the top and who is the worst of this season. Yep. And thank you, of course, to our four amazing guests from The Book Was Better and Kiwi and the Bird. It's been so fun talking with you and ranting with you. And <laughs> thank you for making season four the best yet. Before we wrap up, we wanted to open up the floor for any announcements either of you have for upcoming stuff on your podcasts. So The Book Was Better. Do you have anything coming up? Um, just just business as usual we're still talking books and movies (laughs) i i will say we do want to have the kiwi and the bird on an episode of ours Um, (laughs) and we did launch our merch as well so that's kind of a fun thing that we're doing fantastic and we have a harry potter line also which is not our merch but very nerdy (laughs) if you're into it (laughs) what'd you say taylor you get your merch is it online is it like red bubble yeah it's it is at teacdesigns.com which is my website so teacdesigns.com that is where you can go and shop the merch and then you can check us out at tbwb podcast tbwb podcast <laughs> on all the socials and that's where you can see updates as we post stuff love it kiwi and the bird anything coming up for you guys um, come end of February, early March, we're going to be posting our first ever author interview. Um, uh, excited about uh, it was really fun to record, and the author was amazing. And we hope people fall in love with her book because it is awesome and literally out of this world. It's a sci fi, yes, and <laughs> other than that, I think kind of like you guys, business as usual, just uh, posting and trying to be consistent. <laughs> <laughs> Preach, <laughs> trying. <laughs> Well, we really enjoyed having you guys join us. Uh, Definitely check out these two podcasts. We love working with both of them. We're excited for the next season ahead and planning an episode with them and vice versa on their shows. And it's going to be a blast, guys. All the things. I'm sure it'll happen again next season. Uh, Okay, so and that's a wrap on season four. This season was a riot. We got to dive into the complex relationships in the fan favorite or not so favorite. We've learned this episode Twilight. Uh, We traveled to Olympus with Perkabeth. We hated every minute of Kate and Petruchio, obviously. Um, Of course, we dabbled in a fair amount of Jane Austen and we swung to new heights with Spider-Man's Peter and MJ. Or should we say Gwen? I don't know. You'll have to listen to that episode. Uh, Thank you all for following us this season. We're excited to be back in just a few months with season five. Devin and I are already in the works of creating our season five ship list. So please send us your faves and ships you want us to cover next season. Yeah, we're so excited to get that in the works. We're going to be recording some episodes hopefully soon. And our schedules are a little crazy, but we'll make it happen. Um, and as always, please rate and review if you have feedback for our podcast. And Steph, we would love to hear from you. And of course, mm-hmm. interact with us on social media. Devin uh, runs our Instagram <laughs> or email us at we ship it podcast at gmail.com if you'd like to join for an episode. We love you, shippers. Happy Valentine's Day. Happy and Valentine's see Day. You next season. Bye. Bye, guys. Bye.